Namaste. I'm going to read some more poems from Mira today, Divine Lover, one of the most beloved saints in India. She talks a lot about love, love for the divine consciousness. She's a, like many of the great saints, they mere meditated most of her life, great part of her life. And her soul became enamored with the divine presence within So much so that Mira wanted nothing else. The jewel of Nam I have found, she says. Precious wealth have I obtained. A rare gift that the divine consciousness bestow. In his mercy, the Lord has made me his own. My original treasure I have regained, and I am rid of all that I had in the world, can neither be stolen nor squandered. It keeps on increasing from day to day. The boat of truth I occupied, the true master within me at the helm. With ease I was ferried across the deadly ocean of the world. Mira, in her joyful ecstasy, sings the glory of the Lord of her soul. The jewel of Nam, you see, is that quintessential word, that soundless sound that can only be experienced with divine consciousness. It's a precious wealth with, indeed. She goes further to say, my original treasure I have regained. When we were at the very beginning of the genesis of the soul, this is the only thing that we had. We had consciousness, awareness of the divine presence. That was our original treasure but we almost immediately squandered it by looking instead, feeling instead, chasing instead the energy patterns that surrounded the molecule that our original soul was born in at the genesis of the soul. And over time, over billions of years, we became attached to one thing after another one energy pattern after another. You see, the process never stopped. Four billion years or more. For four billion years or more, we've been chasing energy patterns, pretty colors, sensations that buzz us and keep us enamored. Enamored with the energy patterns of the world attached to the energy patterns of the world, which ended up possessing our attention, 
trapping our attention within the virtual matrix of the mind. But here, Mira says, by becoming one with the divine consciousness within me, I have regained my original treasure of that same divine awareness. And now, in this divine awareness, I am rid of all my former attachments to the world. This treasure, now that I am one with this consciousness, can neither be stolen nor squandered, keeps on increasing from day to day. At the very first time we enter a bubble of awareness, we experience this original treasure. We experience our immortal soul, which can never be squandered, never be stolen. Because our soul, our soul consciousness, our soul awareness is the very awareness of the divine presence. How can it be squandered? How can it be stolen when everything in the entire cosmos comes from that divine treasure, original treasure, the original state of everything in the cosmos? She says, the boat of truth I occupied. This is a metaphor for sitting at the crown chakra, sitting, waiting to be able to go into communion with the divine consciousness, waiting for the divine Lord of the soul to come to our soul in the crown chakra and ferry us across the great sea of existence sea of existence, the ocean of existence, the ocean of the world, metaphors for the causal plane that stretches between the crown chakra and the heavenly regions. And she says here, the boat of truth I occupied. In other words, she merged within the entire boat of truth. In other words, her self-perception disappeared her soul merged to the one consciousness of the divine cosmos. With the Lord of my soul at the helm of my soul, with ease I was ferried across the ocean of the world. Mira in her joyful ecstasy sings the glory, the Lord of her soul. In another poem, She's talking to her sister-in-law, Udabai, about her intense love and what it is. She says, oh, Uda, pray do not talk of worldly love. The fish is in love with the water. Separated, she gives up her life. So too does the deer love so much the music, the musk, the scent of musk that readily he faces the hunter's blade. The moth, ever in love with the flame, with joy, offers himself to it. Mira is in love with the divine Lord of her soul, and she has laid her heart at his feet. It's a beautiful poem. You see, in the first bubble of awareness, we 
are free from mind-body awareness. It's a state of incredible bliss, clarity of awareness. But we usually only last there a few seconds, a few minutes, maybe an hour. Over time, we become accustomed to this sense of timeless time, the immortal awareness of our soul. And eventually we feel the divine presence within us. Eventually the soul falls in love with this incredible increase in the feeling of love, the feeling of being loved by the divine. Slowly but surely, it falls in love with the divine presence at the center of every bubble of awareness. Much like the deer, drawn to the musk, the scent of the divine in the forest. Much like the moth, attracted to the flame, the soul is also attracted to the very source of its very life, to, be, to the very source of its very existence. And so too, like the moth and the deer, she lays her heart at the feet of the Lord. And she talks again in the next poem about being within a bubble of awareness. Waiting, 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 searching, searching, searching for the divine presence to appear within her awareness. In a bubble of awareness, there's no mind, body awareness, no sense of time. Incredible bliss, incredible clarity. And the constant instinctful love of the soul for the divine, which it has always been attached to. The soul, you see, has been attached to the divine presence for billions of years. And as we experience these bubbles of awareness, this, that hunger for the divine love, that hunger for reunion with the source of its very awareness arises like a mighty flame within the soul. Just glance at me once, O oh Lord, says Mira. For she knows that in the very first instance that the divine presence appears to her, the center of her soul, she will once again be lost, consciously lost within that loving consciousness. My eyes are ever fixed on thee, but thou castest not a look at me. Oh, my goodness, the agony of separation can be so painful. The soul, once it begins its reunion with the divine presence within, hungers greatly, hungers even more, ever more as it goes within. And sometimes a divine presence makes itself known to the soul. And sometimes it's like a game of hide and seek, which constantly increases the desire of the soul, the hunger of the soul, the longing of the soul to merge back into the source of its very consciousness. I only look for thy loving glance, she says, 
Nothing else do I ask of thee. She doesn't look anymore, you see. She's gone in so deep. Past the first bubble of awareness, past the enlightenment at the eye center, past the first two regions of joy. She's in at least the region of grace where she can feel the divine presence in every aspect of her consciousness. At that stage, you see, it's like we're in the very aura of the divine presence. We can feel the nearness of the divine presence. We can almost taste it. We can almost envelop it and be enveloped by that consciousness. But sometimes just lingers barely, barely, barely a microsecond away from our touch, from our sight, from our consciousness. There is none like thee for me, O Lord, says Mira. But to thee there are millions like me. She shone very deep in other meditations, you see. She's been inside the causal plane. When the soul reaches the causal plane, which is outside of the human body, instead of having a linear subject-object relationship, we end up with a multi-dimensional relationship wherein we can, our consciousness is in, uh, at first, eight, 10, 12 different locations at the same time, then dozens, then hundreds, then thousands, ten tens of thousands, and then millions. Yea, eventually, as we get close to the creative vortex, our very consciousness reaches out and touches millions of other levels of consciousness, states of consciousness, in millions of other souls at the same time. It's a necessary practice, you see. We have to learn how to become multidimensionally aware and to abide in that awareness if we ever want to learn how to abide the heavenly realms mm -hmm. of the highest regions. The region of active consciousness, celestially active consciousness, or God, if you wish, is a state of consciousness that is interconnected to an unfathomable number of souls. Not billions, not trillions, not padillions. We'll just call it a godzillion number of souls. It's an unfathomable number. Always nurturing, holding within its consciousness, loving, refreshing, sustaining, and enlightening and awakening every other state of consciousness in existence. It takes a great deal of time and effort to be able to handle that number of souls. And the process of learning how to abide in multidimensional awareness begins in the causal plane. So she says, motionless, I stand praying before thee. Her prayers are prayers of consciousness. Thus have I waited until the break of dawn. Here she's talking about the light, the brilliant light, 
that arises within you in the crown chakra. When you reach the crown chakra, your consciousness is as bright as 10,000 suns. Some saints say a million suns. The brightness is incalculable, indescribable. It's a brightness far beyond the imagination of the mind or the ability of our physical eyes to, to see. It's mesmerizing. The light is mesmerizing. And we're experiencing that brilliant light in 8, 10, 12, 15 different bubbles of consciousness at the same time. And yet, as bright as that light is, sometimes, just as the divine consciousness has appeared at the center of our soul and other bubbles of consciousness, it appears in the central bubble of consciousness, in the crown chakra. And when it appears, it's been called the Sahaj portal by the Vedas, by Kabir, by many saints, including Mira, Swamiji, and others. One glance, one microsecond of awareness of the soul, of that divine awareness is mesmerizing. The soul dissolves within that glance, disappears. The self-perception of the soul dissolves into the one consciousness of the divine, of this cosmos. So she says, motionless, not looking here, not looking there, not looking anywhere. I pray before thee. I bow in humility. I bow to your grace. I bow to your blessing. And I accept nothing else except your blessing. I need nothing else except your blessing. Thou everlasting Lord of Mira, grant my wish. And I'll render my life as the praise to be to thee. And to be as well, I suppose. Because we become that divine consciousness. In another poem, she writes, she talks to the Lord. Pray, take care of me as you deem fit. This is the very attitude that we need to imbibe, not just while we're sitting on a cushion, but while we're walking in the world. Pray, take care of me as you deem fit. We learn as we're just before we become enlightened in the eye center to let all our thoughts come and go, to let all feelings come and go. We learn to do that not only in our meditation, but we need to learn to do it in the world. Let everything come, let everything go. 
deeper within the Wu Wei, we recognize the divine presence in everything that we experience in the world. And here, within this awareness, Mira proclaims, please take care of me as you deem fit. I await you with each blink of my eyes. She says this not only when she's on the cushion, she has the same sentiment, same silent sentiment, the same expression of her soul when she's floating into the world. Please come, I long for a glimpse of your face. You see, we can come face to face with the divine consciousness in the world as well as within our soul. We learn it first sometimes within our soul, but we can see it as well within the world. Sometimes advanced seekers will have amazing experiences in the world. They'll sometimes see shining bubbles, shining stars everywhere within the sky, even in the daytime, through the objects, through all objects. Sometimes we'll see trillions and trillions and trillions, trillions and trillions of molecules all exploding with love from the divine love, from the love of the divine presence within each of these bubbles of awareness and into our soul. I am a slave even of your slaves, she says. When we're in that type of experience, when we're seeing millions and millions and millions and trillions of lovers of the Lord looking at us through their divine eyes, seeing the divinity within us, such a soul like a mirror cannot help but fall in love with the divine consciousness and each of these bubbles of awareness as she has before within her meditation as the Lord, the divine consciousness appeared to her consciousness within her soul. My Lord, after union, don't part, she says. So here's the key. What she means by this is she has in the past, many times probably in the past, merged to some extent. Her soul, consciousness of her soul has merged to some extent with the divine consciousness within her soul. And now she sees it everywhere outside of her. And she won't blink. Even when she's looking at the divine in the world, she won't blink. Mira longs to remain in your shelter, O Lord, and to turn all of her attention to the feet of the Lord. The feet of the Lord is a metaphor for the love of the Lord at the connection point between the divine consciousness within our soul and the consciousness of our soul. She goes even further in talking about this situation. 
when she says, I am intoxicated by the Lord's love. His love, like a soft rain around me. Says what it feels like in the region of grace. Love is everywhere, saturating every pore of our awareness. And here she says the same thing. His love is like a soft rain around me, saturating my every pore with bliss. Oh, yes, thus it is. Brilliant lightning surrounds me with its deep and thunderous roar. And now she's talking, you see, about going beyond the region of grace into the crown chakra. When we start to reach the crown chakra, the divine consciousness moves so fast that it sounds like we're listening to the roar of thunder or the roar of a rushing wind. And we begin to see a golden light. So she says, the one soul fills all vessels. She's gone, burst through the crown chakra. She's in multiple state levels of consciousness at the same time. And she says that one soul of divine consciousness, cosmic consciousness, fills all the vessels yet remains apart from it until, of course, we merge within it. And so she says, and now I will light the torch of true knowledge. In other words, she'll go beyond the self-perception of the soul and allow, not even a state of allowance, the hunger for the divine presence is so strong just before we merge that we don't even feel the process emerging. We just wake up, not as the soul, but as a divine consciousness. And so she says, now I will light the torch of true knowledge for it's in and as the divine, college, uh, divine consciousness that we experience the final truths, the final wisdom, the divine wisdom of the heavens. And she says, I will firmly climb all the way into the heavens within this truth, within this flow of divine consciousness. Mira, ever a slave of her dear Lord, craves to lay her all at his feet. She talks once again about this final state of the dissolution of the soul. I might add that so many, many saints, for so many saints, Hafiz, Mira, Dadu on occasion, Kabir, Gurunanik, will talk endlessly, poem after poem after poem, about the dissolution of their soul as it merges into the divine consciousness. Because it's the culmination, it's the very finish. It's the very finishing line for the soul. After billions of years, 
of hungering for the divine. Its most primal wish comes true. Its primal hunger for the divine presence dissolves within the ecstatic bliss of divine consciousness. And here she says, the one I longed for has come home. Her soul has longed for the divine presence. And now it's the divine presence alone that, it, that she is aware of. The raging fire of separation between the soul's consciousness and the Lord's consciousness, you see, is quenched. Now I rejoice with him, as him, I sing in bliss. The peacocks at the clouds roar, dance with unbound joy, and I rejoice in ecstasy within the sight of my beloved. The region, crown chakra, is sometimes called the region of the peacock king. It's a thousand-petaled lotus, you see, and every petal is like a energy loop that goes from the center of the bulb in the middle of the crown chakra out towards the edges. And, and then it returns back in. And when it gets to the outer edges, this spiraling energy spirals around and creates that eye that we sometimes see on a peacock feather. And here she says, the peacocks at the clouds roar. Again, remember how we talked about the thundering roar of the divine consciousness as it flows through the crown chakra. The peacocks at the clouds roar dance with unbound joy. Dance, you see, from bubble of consciousness to bubble of consciousness. Dance in ecstasy within the ecstasy of divine consciousness. And I too rejoice in ecstasy, she says, at the sight of my beloved. And she's seeing her beloved from multiple states of consciousness at the same time. She says, I am absorbed in his love. My misery of wandering in the world has ended. The lily of my soul has burst into bloom at the sight of the full moon. The Sahaj portal is like a shape like an eye or like a pair of lips, dark crimson around the edges. And when the divine presence appears, it appears as a very, very bright light. Even though the light of the crown chakra is meant to be the light of 10,000 or a million suns, the light coming from the face of God is another million times brighter yet. Seeing him, my heart blossoms in joy, she says. Peace permeating this consciousness of mine. His arrival has filled my home with bliss. This happens even in the lower levels of consciousness. Even in the first bubble of consciousness, we're filled with bliss that we're unaccustomed to, 10 times greater than any joy we've ever felt in the mind. 
10 times more enlightened light that we see as well. But it pales in comparison with what we experience at the crown chakra. That very Lord, she says, has become mine own. In other words, she has merged her consciousness, the soul consciousness of her soul has merged within the divine consciousness itself. That very Lord has become my very own. And whoever is the redeemer of his, who is ever the redeemer of his devotees, that consciousness, a divine consciousness has always been the real seeker within us. And it redeems us by merging our consciousness back into the original divine consciousness that has always been within us. Mira's heart, scorched by the blaze of separation, has become cool and refreshed, and all pains of duality have vanquished. Single poem. She talks about the entire sojourn of the soul. And like all other poems, she talks about what we have to do to return back to our true nature. She talks about what the soul has to do to regain reunion with the divine consciousness. In every poem, she talks about the need for paying attention to the divine consciousness. The divine consciousness is the original treasure of our soul. It was everything, 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 everything that we were aware of at the very genesis of our soul but we began to forget this awareness as we looked outward away from the consciousness, as we looked outward at the energy patterns of the cosmos of the world. We went searching for this buzz of energy, this flash of energy, this flash of excitement that mesmerized our growing mind. We looked outward, outward and outward for billions of years mm. until we developed a huge, huge, huge collection of attachments that no longer, no longer amused the soul, no longer held our attention. Finally, tired and exhausted with the virtual matrix of the mind. Our soul, desperation began to look inward. Our soul in desperation began to feel the treasure within it, began to feel and notice and become attached to the divine presence within it. And this is the journey that Mira talks about. She talks about the return of the divine consciousness within us 
as it finds its way back to the divine consciousness of the cosmos and merges itself within that consciousness. This has always been our treasure, has always been our birthright, it's always been our destiny, and it has always been inevitable. <laughs> Namaste. <laughs>